and to know that you are not out there and you're not alone, even because there's seven to 10 million people out there with it, but they just, most people aren't even aware of that. That was Patrick McCartney. Patrick is the executive director of the International Essential Tremor Foundation. I'm Josie Peterson with the Movement Disorders Policy Coalition, and you're listening to AFPA's Patient Access Podcast. Patrick, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Let's jump right in. Today, we are talking about a movement disorder called essential tremor. Patrick, can you give our listeners a glimpse into what living with essential tremor is like? Yeah, so essential tremor is the most common movement disorder in the world, uh, depending on varying reports of who you talk to, anywhere from seven to 10 million people in the United States alone have some varying degree of essential tremor. So in a real quick, short nutshell, essential tremor, when we say movement disorder, we're talking about the uh, the disorders such as a Parkinson's ataxia, essential tremor, those type of things. Essential tremor uh, is basically um, a... Uh, a Tremor, arrest, an action tremor. So when you're doing something, it, usually not a resting tremor like Parkinson's. So things that you and I and uh, people that don't have essential tremor kind of take for granted in our daily lives, quality of life issues such as drinking a cup of coffee, signing a check. If you're a knitter or a painter or anything, a little dexterity with your hands, those are the type of things that are typically affected by essential tremor because typically it's in your extremities, usually starts in the hands. Sometimes you will see it in folks in their head and their voices also, though, too. Wow. So it sounds like essential tremor really does add, you know, this level of difficulty to everyday tasks. Um, So is that what fuels your efforts to raise awareness? Yeah, it really is because uh, these people are so uh, frustrated and they get there's a lot of stigmas and stereotypes that go along with essential tremor. And we are just trying and, and a lot of folks don't know one what they have, what the disorder is. Unfortunately, there's a lot of doctors, uh, nurse practitioners that aren't aware of what it is. So they'll go into the doctor's office, get a misdiagnosis or just you know, if they're older, just told, hey, you're getting older, you're getting the shakes, you're just going to have to deal with it. So it really fuels what we do uh, when we talk to people either on the phone and or see them live in person at one of our events or something and, and are able to share with them the resources we have available for them. They're so grateful for it and so glad. March is Essential Tremor Awareness Month. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your message is for that? Yeah, so this year... We do have a different theme each year. So do a little history on Essential Tremor Awareness Month. A lot of people ask us, well, what exactly is that? So back in 2010, one of our local congressmen, Dennis Moore, worked with my predecessor, Kathy Rice, on creating a, a resolution in Congress to designate March as National Essential Tremor Awareness Month. Uh, we have different themes each year. This year, our theme is shine a light on essential tremor with the thought that we want everyone to be aware of what's going on, shine a light on it. Don't try to hide it. That's a lot of times what causes a lot of the problems. People try to, to bury their tremor, hide it, and because of, again, the stigmas and skepti- stereotypes that go along with it. And we're saying embrace it, shine a light on it, share it, share that message with other folks and raise awareness, increase education about the disorder and, and how you can cope and deal with it. 
I love that. That's that's just so important. So who is this message for? Who actually gets essential tremor? It's a basically a genetic disorder that we're finding out, you know, based up in the obviously a neurological disorder, but they really seem to have a hard time finding a rhyme or a reason of who it affects. What they have found out is about 50% of the time it is hereditary. So if you or I have it, there's a 50% chance our children will have it. Uh, there's also, though, a chance it just skips a generation. We've talked to numerous people and no one in their family has it. So uh, I, I'm i a classic example of this the disorder and this organization when I came to work here. I had never heard of essential tremor, never heard of this organization. And now I'm pretty confident that both my father, who is 95, and my sister both have it. Neither one have done anything about it, never got a formal diagnosis and, you know, never got any treatment for it. I, on the other hand, have shown no signs of it. Wow. Well, I guess that that sort of speaks to my next next question, you know, which is, you know, why is it so important to increase awareness of essential tremor? You know, obviously it's important because there's a lot of people out there that are, one, very frustrated, two, scared. So our four pillars or four parts of our mission statement are uh, awareness, education, support, and research. When we talk about support, we talk about, you know, joining a support group and getting around and, and, and meeting with other folks who face the same challenges you do on a daily basis. And quite honestly, just to let yourself vent a little bit and, and with other people who can understand what your dilemma is and, and to know that you are not out there and you're not alone, even because there's seven to 10 million people out there with it, but they just, most people aren't even aware of that because the yeah. message is not out there. That's wonderful. I, I think that it's just so important um, to, to find community, you know, so I, I think yeah. that's really wonderful. You know, so, so we have about 65, 64, 65, uh, support groups all around the country. So that's not a lot of support groups when you think about it, again, for 10 million people. But another thing that we do that's been very successful is we have, for the folks that don't have a support group in their area and who aren't interested in starting one or leading one on their own, we have an online support group page through Facebook called Essential Tremor Awareness Group. And that group has over 7,600 members to it and grows. I mean, we must, I bet you we add 50 to 100 people a week to that support group. And again, a great, a great resource and avenue for folks to just share questions and invent and tell stories. And again, just not feel like you're alone out there. Absolutely. And for any patients who might be listening to this podcast, um, if they want to get hooked up with a local support group, is that information on your website or how can they get involved? It is. It is on our website. You, when you go to our homepage, there's a button that just says find us, you know, find a support group. We have them listed by state. You just click on that state's name and then every uh, support group that we're aware of in that area is listed on there. And there's but saying that we also realize there's support groups out there that are not affiliated with us. Uh, if you go to your state and you find that there is none in your state and you're interested in starting one, we'd be more than happy to uh, get you our guide that help you start that support group. It's really a very easy thing to do. I think a lot of the thing that scares people off is, oh, I can't lead a group or it's too much time. I don't have the time. Again, you can structure it any way you want. We have groups that meet once a month. We have groups that meet bi-monthly, quarterly, just a couple times a year. You can do it just about any way you want. If you don't have access to a computer, which a lot of our folks don't because there's an older demographic, you can just call us. Uh, we have a toll-free number. You can uh, give us a call and we can uh, give you the information or mail it to you or just talk to you over the phone about it. 
Great. And just so everybody has it, what is your website? So our website is EssentialTrimmer.org. Can you give us an idea of, you know, what treatment options are available for patients? What's on the horizon? Well, let's start with what's available currently. One of the the big challenges we have is there are no ET-specific medications out there right now. Patients that have essential tremor are usually diagnosed with uh, uh, either taking anti-anxiety medicines or beta blockers, something of those nature, uh, to try to help uh, with their their ET. Uh, If you're at the far end of the spectrum uh, and really have it bad, they will evaluate you for a surgical option. And there's two different surgical options out there now. One is called deep brain stimulation, which in layman's terms and our terms is basically a pacemaker for your brain and has been around about 15, 20 years, very successful, has about an 80 to 90% reduction in tremors with very few side effects. And then one of the newer um, treatment options that has come on board, uh, was, I think, approved in July of 16 is Focus Ultrasound. Focus Ultrasound, what they basically do is take a Focus Ultrasound beam. It's minimally invasive compared to what DBS surgery is, and they create a lesion in your brain in a very small couple millimeter spot to help reduce that tremor. And from what we've read and seen, been very, also been very successful, probably a 60 to 70% reduction in tremor. What we don't know about that yet, again, they just don't have the long-term data on how long is it going to last. Are there any long-term side effects? Well, we haven't seen any yet, so that's another exciting option. And what we're really excited about is we've been approached over the last, well, couple of years, really, of several pharma companies that are working on ET-specific medications. They're either in phase, well, all ranges, phase one, two, or three trials of it right now, hoping to get to market soon. And there's also some folks working on, I call them wearable devices type things that um, you'll be able to do. And I think a couple of those are going to be available this year for folks to to use, which will be great because, again, it just gives folks more options. Great. So it's really important, I guess, what you're saying is it's, it's really important that we continue to get more trials and, and get more options for essential tremor patients. Yeah, well, I, I think the biggest feedback we get from our constituency and things they want their donations and funds to go to is research. And, and research to find a better treatment and hopefully, obviously, someday a cure. <clears throat> so the IETF each year, we fund anywhere from two to four research grants that are ET-specific, seed money-type grants, $20,000, $25,000 to get them started with the hope that they'll get good results, that they'll be able to go on to NIH and get six, seven-figure grants to continue their work. Uh, one of the more exciting ones we have going on right now is the effect of CBD as a treatment option for essential tremor. Oh, interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's been quite the buzz. Thank you so much for talking about essential tremor with us today. And if you've listened to our patient access podcast in the past, you know that we typically end with a lightning round. So you have 20 seconds to answer each of the following questions. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> what is one thing you wish people understood about essential tremor? Uh, that it is not Parkinson's. It's its own separate disorder, has its own separate uh, uh, symptoms and things, and and, then make sure that you know which one you have so you get the correct treatment. I hear you worked in sports management early in your career. So what is your favorite sport to watch and to play? Favorite sport to watch, probably Thai, college football and, and Major League Baseball, big Kansas City Royals fan, Missouri Tiger fan, and to play 
and I use the term play loosely, golf. Okay. Next up, uh, how can our listeners get involved with the International Essential Tremor Foundation? You can go to our website and check out all of our information. And at the bottom of our page there on our homepage, you can sign up for any of our e-newsletters and, and get your email on our get your email on our list. We'll get you our monthly e-newsletter, Tremogram. You can order medical alert cards, all those things. Or you can just give us a call. Our toll-free number is 888-387-3667. You can just call us and ask us any questions and we'll try to help you the best we can. Awesome. And one last closing question. What is your favorite weekend activity? Probably back to your sports question. I enjoy sitting with my friends, family, watching a a sporting event. We were talking the other day in my house. We don't really do change of seasons in our household. We do change of sports seasons. So (laughs) we just got done with football. We're getting ready. Now we're in college basketball and we're getting ready here in about a month to kick off baseball. So that's how our seasons go. Yeah. There's always one sport going on. Yep. (laughs) Well, Patrick, thanks so much again for being today's guest on AFPA's Patient Access Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Great. Well, I appreciate the opportunity and uh, look forward to talking to you guys more and uh, raising awareness for Essential Trimmer and the International Essential Trimmer Foundation.